0: Everybody, welcome back for another exciting episode of Psychic on the Scene. And as always, here with me, D. Scott. Hi. And um, I probably should announce myself in case people don't know. This is Katie from Psychic on the Scene. because <laughs> I never say my name. And also with me is my lovely, dear friend and co host, Michelle Lyons-Polito.
1: Hey there.
0: And as per our listeners who love, love, love Jake Paul, we have the wonderful Jake Paul back for another episode with us. Yay. Hello,
2: hi, hello sweetie. Hello happy
0: spring!
2: Oh my god, happy spring! It's beautiful out. We are in, so it's perfect weather to talk all about vampires. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs>
1: Of course it is. So,
0: in case our listeners don't know, we have completely gone off the yellow brick road. We are going to be talking about (laughs) vampires because I just have to talk about other creepy, paranormal, crazy things. Mm -hmm. Um, So, Jake, yeah, when you were growing up, Mm -hmm. did did you have like a, a monster that you like were terrified of, and another one that you like loved? Like, I always oh. had one I, like, loved, like, totally felt for, and then I had one that I was, like, terrified
2: of. Wait, I want to hear yours first. Yes,
0: <laughs> okay, well, I've always had, like, a sex appeal thing. Who doesn't with vampires? Frigging oh. love them. But That's the one I-, I feel sorry for is the werewolf.
1: Because <gasps> he doesn't I so- oh. Yeah,
0: yes. like, I, I feel sorry for the werewolf. So every time I'd see a werewolf movie, I'd be like, oh. Mm. He's just a dog gone wrong.
2: I agree. I agree.
0: agree.
2: I'm here for that. Absolutely. Wait,
0: the look on D Scott's face. I can see D. He doesn't have his mic on, but he looks at us like, you guys are Are all messed up. (laughs) All messed up.
3: Did you just call it a werewolf? A dog gone wrong? A dog gone
0: wrong. That's all he is.
3: Which werewolf are we talking? The Twilight version of werewolf, or the old version of werewolf, where it was actually a man turning into a wolf. Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah, I
0: think like all of them. I feel I like the same about all of them.
3: I could see the teen, like the the Twilight version of a dog, gone wrong. Yeah. But the man turning into a like Teen Wolf, Michael J. Fox back from back in the eighties, because I love to date <laughs> myself. <laughs> um, not really a dog gone wrong. More like. Really, a human with too much hair. <laughs>
0: Stop! All right, well then, that's you. <laughs> Wait a minute, Dee. Do you have a Do you have a favorite monster?
3: A favorite monster? My daughter's.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <That's so laughs> nice. I call Jimmy a monster all the time. I go, my monster.
3: Um, I don't. I don't really think I have a favorite. Bigfoot, maybe. Mine too. That's like,
0: yeah. That's Michelle's.
3: I mean, like I was when I was younger, I was a really big fan of Harry and the Hendersons, which was a movie about Bigfoot. It's right. not like I've ever really done any research on Sasquatch other than, you know, the one time we did a podcast on it. But
1: right. Yeah. Stay tuned. We're going to do that. Yeah, we're doing it again. Um, probably more in depth because people
0: keep talking about it and asking about right. it. So that that's just one of those ones that's forever. Um, I think things that people love. All right, Jake. Tell
2: us. My favorite monster. Hmm. I I grew up a hardcore Buffy fan, so definitely vampires. Oh, me too. Movie. I've seen every episode.
0: Me too.
2: Episode. <laughs> uh, we own every single CD. We have the PlayStation <gasps> game that they made for it. I promise you. Bottom down. Buffy um oh my god so, I
0: freaking love it I love the fact that she was a cheerleader and then could like totally like yes. throw down
2: it's relatable <laughs> that's content me.
0: yeah yes. that's, <laughs> that's the whole show that's it
2: <laughs> so yeah I always loved vampires growing up because I thought they were always so intriguing and mysterious and I thought that was really fascinating but um on more of a light-hearted note um the Loch Ness Monster was always like a oh, real yes. diehard favorite of mine. I always had this like weird, like I wanted to be like on PETA strike, like at right there at that body of water and be like, stop, leave her alone. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like defending her. I always just like, yeah, I just wanted her to be my friend.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. we, we need to do an episode on that too because
2: mm-hmm. there,
0: yeah. there's the Lake Champlain monster. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah, there's like, there's other ones that they believe. And I have always felt, you know, I used to um, watch, not believe it or not. um, Uh,
1: In Search Of.
0: In Search Of. And they always had those. And I was always like, so like mesmerized.
1: scared me. Those shows scared me so
0: too.
2: (laughs) If there's anything that I would buy first, talking about mythical creatures, monsters, things like that, underwater Loch Ness Monster, um, Champ. I would first believe that that makes complete sense in the water. Right. First of all, the water's terrifying because we just don't know. And yes. that's always been such an easy one for me to believe in just because you can't prove that.
0: Well, <laughs> Michelle, um, who is our science, more of our science geek, I, I'm, I'm saying yes. that lovingly. There's so much with cryptozoology that is even being oh now God. like now discovered. So who's to say that there isn't some relevance to that. Like they're, they're just not being found. Right.
1: And and I really, um, subscribe to the idea that, um, you get almost like a a bleed through from it, like a parallel universe type of situation. They're interdimensional. I, Mm -hmm. it's what I believe it's like, I, they do exist. Too many people have had experiences and Real experiences and not just making stuff up that they're there. And if and with like the Loch Ness monster and Champ up in Lake Champlain, there are big, deep parts of that lake and tunnels oh my gosh. That underwater, tunnels. and cold. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah. that in
0: the middle of the summer in Lake Champlain it's is freezing. bitter cold. Yeah. It'll take your breath away. And it could be you know 100 and something degrees, and you go in that water because it's so deep and it's it you cannot see.
1: Yeah, can two feet in front of you.
0: So I want to say
1: to any listeners out there who have had a, an experience with Champ, please, uh, you know, call it, call in or message, yeah. or message in, since we're not a live show. And we'd love right. To so to this
0: is kind of the intro. So maybe we'll have Jake on for our monsters. Our yes. he'll be our monster friend. Our monster. I want to I definitely want to do Mothman.
1: Ooh. Yes.
0: Uh, right. The whole thing mm-hmm. about the community and the village just. Oh, I love it and then there's like you know other ones that like we were just talking about but oh, I really want to delve into the myth of it or you know what people have found so
2: even the jersey um, devil yeah,
0: yeah jersey devil right the w- hockey one. team <laughs> no, not the hockey team episode
3: on the hockey team
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> and the chupacabra
1: El Chupacabra,
3: yeah. yeah. Chupacabra, mm-hmm. Chupacabra, by the way, came up when I was doing some research on vampires and stuff. It's related.
2: Yes, yeah. it
0: is. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. considered like the other, sucker. like a right, another version of it. So yeah. Michelle, mm-hmm. did you say other than Sasquatch, what was your one that you feared the most and which one did you love the most?
1: Well, I think with Sasquatch, it was my love-hate. I was terrified, but just so drawn to Sasquatch, and that was my recurring nightmare. But I think. What the one I was most afraid of, I have to say, was Dracula. Mm-hmm. Terrified me because I saw Bram Stoker's Dracula with mm-hmm. Gary Oldman, and that just scared the crap out of me so badly, to the point where I used to have dreams that I was walking around holding wooden stakes. <laughs> just, just, I was. I had to say, when I
0: was younger, yeah. I I saw like all of them because there was on. I'm just a little bit older than everybody here that on Saturdays there was after cartoons in the morning, there was um, like creature double feature. And it was, yeah. And there, and there was like a hand that came up out of the ground and it (laughs) looked like a tree and then it would come down. And so they always had all these, they they were totally B movies and they were usually vampire ones. And I would be terrified. I, I think to myself, I got to like, like sleep with like garlic on or something.
1: (laughs) I had a crucifix over my bed for years.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, me too. My father and his and his brother, you talk about having things in your your life affect you. They lived in a flat in Albany and when they were little boys um, I guess they uh, the kids obviously would listen to the radio. They'd listen to the radio shows. And at the end of it, it would do this. And this is America's 10 most wanted. And they'd start to go through who was on the run and who had escaped. Yeah. And they'd do this 10 most. My father and my uncle Barry would lay in bed and they'd think that in this closet that was probably no bigger than 12 <laughs> inches wide that the guy was hiding in there. <laughs> and they'd have a conversation like, well, you know, if that guy was here right now, we'd be friends with him. We would we would play with him. We'd hang out with him <laughs> like, like, just in case he was listening in. Oh my
1: God. <laughs> you know, those were their monsters. These 10 most right guys. Yeah, oh they had the
0: other ones, too. <laughs> but I just thought that was so that's the same kind of thing like I was terrified but I'm drawn to it Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um, I can remember the ones when I was when I was younger and what I think is really interesting and um, I heard an author one time talking about it but might have been Anne Rice is the fascination with um, vampires is that each part of it can create their own anthology um, of you know what their vampire can do or can't do so mm-hmm. you know like some of them and we've seen them which was terrifying and they you'd have a cross and they'd grab the cross and they'd think yes. you think that you're that was fright night you think your faith is gonna harm me you have to believe and uh, mm-hmm. in my head I'd be like I believe I believe I believe yes. <laughs> I believe I believe
1: <laughs> we love to scare we love to scare so. ourselves
0: but Fright Night mm-hmm. was another one I loved. Fright Night, I, I can watch that right now. Um, mm-hmm. As far as that, so um, I think one of the the things that's most fascinating is there's actual, you know, Vlad the Impaler mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was real in history. Vlad mm-hmm. the Impaler, and that he he I I was in a place in Schenectady one time, and I looked up, and it was behind a bar, and I was there. Um, as a representative from Schenectady. And I kind of was like, hmm. And the woman I did not realize was from Transylvania until oh, she started wow. to speak. And I said, I need to ask you, what's up with the picture of Vlad the Impaler? And she goes, oh, she goes, he was a good guy. I go, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> she said, "He, the actual history of him is he had cleaned up the country. No. And part of that was in barbaric, ways that he did it Mm -hmm. but um yeah so that kind of morphed into the whole uh vampire um story that his beloved had killed herself so she could not enter heaven and um he was not dead in battle he came back And when he found out that she had been damned because of committing suicide Mm -hmm. is when he basically, you know, became, you know, a vampire. Right. Immortal um,
1: to find her. Immortal.
0: Yep. To find her. So, because she would have roamed the earth. So that's just one of the anthologies, which who doesn't love um, Bram Stoker's? Right. -hmm. Right? So hot. So good.
1: (laughs) so it always scared
0: uh, me in that one that one like he'd be in the crowd and you'd look and then he'd be right next to you
1: yes that's the part that terrified me that teleporting
0: like you'd think like i'm gonna get away and then they'd be right there behind them Mm -hmm. remember that
1: part where someone looked at the castle door and he was like climbing out the window he he was climbing up the side of the castle yeah remember that one that just Mm -hmm. scared the crap out of me but Mm -hmm. i mean Um, I think that's where it really started. I think my favorite vampire show of all times is True Blood, even though it ended bad. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sookie and Bale. Yeah.
0: That was (laughs) great, too. And that had its own anthology. You know, um, Dennis um, mentioned the Twilight. Yes. Um, That had its uh, really kind of a fascinating, more of a modern twist on it. Um, Mm. And that there was, like, different sects. Years ago, there was a great show on, I think it was in the 90s. It was a TV show. And what was cool about it was it had in the storyline every kind of vampire. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And um, I wish I could think of the name of it. I had caught it one time on on replay. And the the tragedy of it was the guy that was the, the gorgeous head vampire, he died in a car accident. And oh, um, I believe it was Aaron Spelling. Um, it was one of his makes. Oh. Um, but anyways, I thought that was kind of interesting that they had it like, you know, there was the nose Nosferatu group, yeah, and they did mm-hmm. look just like that—the bald and the pointed ears and um, kind of bat-like humanoid bats mm-hmm. um, looking. And then there were other ones that were like, you know, like the 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 maulers and. So they were kind of like different gangs, but they were all
1: vampires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say that vampires are actually an alien species. Really? Yes. I read that recently that it's, you know, that's a species that came to feed on humanoids because they are a blood sucking species. Hmm. that's
0: fascinating i never heard that one before first i ever
1: saw that and i was going to say the citation but i can't find my notes (laughs) of course
0: right because it's time for the show and we can't find our notes
1: and i share my office (laughs) with my my 13 year old so (laughs)
0: right exactly um so like a lot of this stuff I of course think so much of it had to do with folklore mm-hmm. and how people died, you know, even kind of tying into um people getting buried and, and considered yeah. like zombies down in New Orleans. And then mm-hmm. then they'd see them walking around the community um <laughs> right. a couple days later because they really weren't dead. Mm-hmm. Um does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yes. yes exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So that definitely in history and in folklore. Um, so when you think of like, I think now when somebody says um, they're a vampire, I always think of, you know, people that are just human vampires, meaning they energy suck vampire. the life energy vampires. And I actually think that that's more of an issue probably in 2021 than anything we have out there <laughs> as far as like a regular vampire. Um, does that make sense, you know, do, how do you guys feel about that?
1: I should say.
2: Yeah. I, I don't know what Jake said. Feels I that. find it, I find it interesting, but it doesn't, it, not at all surprising, however, um, you know, uh, one of the many different anthologies and roots of vampires is that um, in Hebrew reli- uh, myth and folklore, they actually tie it all the way back to like um, Mesopotamia with Lilith, actually. Yes. Um, mm, and we can yes. get all into that because that's a really fun, interesting take. So if we are talking about so if we're likening vampires with Lilith, even now modern day, we have a lot of people, which is practitioners who follow a left-hand path who do work with Lilith as a deity. And so it would make perfect sense for people to practice vampirism, just like you would practice Wicca and and you are a Cunningham, you know, follow her, you know. So I think it's kind of like that. And I think it's much more of a it's kind of like, you know, when there are monks and there's priests that commit to a certain lifestyle, you know, and this is their path, their spiritual path to whatever it is that they're seeking. You know, um, a lot of it, a lot of the documentaries seem to be a lot of overlap between ceremony, ritual, um, worship. It all seems like it's much more of a spiritual, magical uh, practice rather than, uh, you know, rather than like playing a character you know right. there, there are plenty don't get me wrong there are plenty that play a character and that's that's fascinating in and of itself yes. but the people who are like really in groups and, and are really doing the thing um okay. i find that fascinating you know
1: yep. so are there groups of practicing vampires that you know of
2: uh, none that i know of i find that vampires seem to be a group of people and it makes perfect sense you know um practicing vampires today i never i've never met but you always hear of you Mm -hmm. know and i think that that makes perfect sense for something that is walking in the myth of vampires you know nobody's ever seen one but we've all heard of them you know Mm -hmm. so i think that it's perfect uh it's it's perfect keeping keeping face
0: on a psychic level have either of you um experienced where um you were talking to somebody or you just met somebody and Before they told you. um, And I always think there's like an ego that either I knew they were practicing vampire and or um, a witch. And that has like, I'll be standing there and I'll be like, oh, oh, you're a witch. Mm. And, Definitely. and usually not a good one, like not, and I don't mean good, like good, which bad, which I mean, like, they're not really good at it because <laughs> I, I would think that they'd be able to veil some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, so we maybe they don't like want cruel. to, yeah. but mm-hmm. it's, I, I have found that I went through periods of time where it seemed like I was, and maybe it's media trend, but it just seemed like I was getting a lot of them at yeah. all okay. different ages.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, the name of that show
0: that i was talking about with the um all the different clans of vampires it -hmm. was called kindred i'm sure it's something that you can find on it was amazing it was one of my favorite shows
1: i've never uh, seen the advertisements for it i'll have to check it out
0: it was in the 90s so it's Mm -hmm. it's very 90-esque very rachel of friends
1: looking (laughs) jake wasn't (laughs) even born yet
0: (laughs) yeah right jake wasn't born yet that's all right Jake knows more than anybody else uh, that's like double his age. So oh, he he he's fascinating to have on. Um, so is this another thing, Jake, that you think is like more um, like a folklore maybe towards, like you were talking about Lilith, but maybe even connected to um, other parts of the world, not, maybe not so much Transylvania, but like New Orleans, um, even uh, Mexico?
2: So, it's so about other parts of the world. It's actually really interesting when you look to other, even other continents, and taking a look at those. I'm not too familiar with the lore of uh, New Orleans, or honestly, I'm not too familiar with North America's lore on vampires. I, I actually find it very fascinating when you go to other continents and see there's a lot of overlap. So, let's get into mm-hmm. that. So, okay. Uh, uh,
1: uh,
2: yes exactly so we were talking a little bit about um hebrew demonology talking about lilith um, mm-hmm. so actually to be more accurate the spirit was called lililu and lililu spirits so these were believed to be um seductress um demons that would actually have um they would actually come in during the night they were believed to be demons of wind be demons of night and they would fall in love with men at random and they would never let them go um, while simultaneously, they would eat and, and feed on children and also um, young mothers. So oh, there's a really? lot of, and it's, and so it's interesting to see. Um, I was watching a video a couple of weeks ago and it was um, a psychologist talking about Um, vampires and also immortality and how that works into our day-to-day society. Um, And he was actually saying that, you know, vampires are really just a metaphor for conflict that we have in our society. It always comes up during certain ages. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was like, so it's very interesting to actually see that all of the lores in their original roots, there's actually... really vampires were much more about feeding on babies and then feeding on young um, women, young women, particularly mothers. So it's interesting to see how the lore has kind of changed to a more comfortable romantic version Mm -hmm. of it because nobody wants to hear about a hurt kid and a hurt mother, you know? So it's actually very interesting that society was so scared and so taken aback by that concept that they were like, oh, let me, let's, let's change that. You know, let's, let's (laughs) put that to the side. So that's, a whole conversation for another time but um even talking about even in africa so the ashanti mm-hmm. people um believed in something called an asabasam um and this was an iron toothed tweet um tree spirit that would uh disguise itself as a firefly and take cho- and um get children to follow it out of the village or out of the neighborhood and eat them and oh that was goodness. always thought as a vampiric spirit um and then in the Eastern Cape of South Africa, they had the Ipandulu, which was a large taloned bird that actually was a thunder spirit too. So it was it was an animorph, both a human and with animal features. And then it also had celestial power too. Um, oh. And did a similar thing. So that's kind of where we get into, you know, even from Twilight or even from True Blood, that's where we see the, the vampires with these special paranormal abilities um because from other cultures these vampires were not just inhuman they were beings of their own right and they were much more not necessarily good but much more in the liminal space if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah Um, yeah. kind of walk between both which makes perfect sense why you know humans would fear them would be afraid and kind of uh but also be allured at the same time because i think it's kind of you know all of the craziest and all of the most shocking things are kind of like that you see it and then you're like oh but let me peek one more time right. <laughs> you know just to kind of see it right um, exactly
1: and, and they, of- all
0: the have, they, they all have they all seem to have the ability for mind control which sounds like you know like luring them from the the village that is another thing where there these people you know don't have any memory after
2: kind of like
1: um, the yeah. to the rocks
0: and right so
2: so um, that actually kind of comes from the story of Sumer. So Hebrew, the Hebrew demonology came from Babylonia. In mm-hmm. Sumer, they believed in a similar version of the Lilith um, story, where they believed that the Lililu were um, beautiful women, beautiful maidens, and they were actually considered as harlots. So they would bring young men, they would attract men outside of the village and prey on them um, and to attack them. And they were also bird footed. Interestingly Ooh. enough. So bird footed, yeah. but they also were were demons of the nighttime of the subconscious of sleep. So they would wander people out through trance and they would attract people out during the nighttime when you're most vulnerable, you know, our psyche. Oh, wow. um, so it's really interesting to see all this overlap between, you know, the shape-shifting versions, um, yeah. and where that kind of originates from. Um, and then even to just see you know all the way back to Sumer and then also later on in Africa both have similar stories of bird-footed beings Hmm. so it's interesting to see an overlap here yeah yeah. I know that
0: there is an actual um there it looks like a demon and it has the the bird feet I've seen that and um used in other um things I think even um might have even been featured in the exorcist Um, yeah oh
1: yeah right
0: and so that it's it had to do with that like like they are considered to be demons and um like a succubus so um it's that is really really fascinating um i never heard about that in africa before
2: no Um, and you think
0: you would think that that would be a region or a culture that wouldn't have something like that
2: Well, you know, it actually turns out that when you look to the other countries, you look to other um, continents, even it's far more common to have um, spirits and lore that were blood sucking and where it did feed on people. And so it actually just seems to be kind of more in the West that we've got this one particular um, version of a vampire. And this is like out of the blue, out of nowhere for us. But over in all these other countries, they're like, we've known since day one, they're like, "Baby, close your window." <laughs> you know,
1: To be sexy, and so
2: it's just so funny to see how <laughs> common that is. You know, all the overlap. Um, Anth-
1: anthropologically, I really think it has a lot to do with um, almost like a changeling, the um, the yes. lore to explain why, while, you know, why there was failure to thrive, why young mothers passed, why children suddenly didn't thrive and got very pale and passed away. I'm um, just right. like. You know, in England, Ireland, Scotland, the whole idea of a changeling, that the fairies had switched out the baby. Um, mm-hmm. And the lore to try to, to deal with the tragedy of loss of, you know, who we hold most dear, you know, moms and babies. Not that we don't love everybody, but those are the, you know, the most, most vulnerable in many ways. And I, I think a lot of times that's where that lore is attached to, is trying to deal with that loss.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: So so what
0: other um, information, um, Jake, do you have in regards, like even in, I mean, like so much of it is older, but do you have things that are connected to modern time vampires or um, maybe now how they're operating as a difference to the, like the, what the past was?
2: um, I would definitely say that the clear distinction seems to definitely be that it's much more involved with, as, a, as, as an established, magical, spiritual practice. That seems to be the complete difference. You know, if you look okay. back to documentaries from 80s, 90s, it was, you know, people who, you know, either pretended to drink blood or maybe did like a little drop of something. Um, but now I think that we are seeing, you know, fully fledged, thought out and, and well-constructed practices, sects, um, actually practicing groups, um magical practitioners, priests, priestess, you know, we get wow. we actually see lineage of practices here. So I've really found that very fascinating. Um just on a magical standpoint and a spiritual kind of standpoint to this. Um, yeah, really uh, so I'm I-
0: looking at some of the, the legends now as we were talking about before and one of them said um that according to some legends a vampire may engage in sex with his former wife which <laughs> often led to pregnancy. So somebody got pregnant and they were like mm, must have been a vampire. <laughs> must have been my dead husband. Those pesky
1: vampires. I was <laughs> I was
0: supposed to be celibate. I wasn't messing around.
1: You so got old, uh, went into a glamour and had his way with me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't you
1: hate when that happens? Mm.
0: I hate when it happens. When i it. sex with the vampire. <laughs> I can't explain what happened.
1: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but it does, you know, don't you think it's like every 10 20 years another vampire show another vampire uh novel or, right novel series it comes does out.
0: seem to be kind of like um like decade-ish that it, it falls into the times um that's why i was kind of saying that that it's so interesting about the beginnings yeah
1: mm-hmm. and, you know how on. it
0: originated and how it started and then it's so it seems like it spanned different continents so was that brought over from one region to another by like, you know, s- people that were on ships, sailors. Yeah. And they brought their own, own um, information from place to place as they were traveling.
2: So it's kind of interesting, even when you go back to um, like England's um, kind of origins of the term vampire and how they kind of, it, it, there was actually a long part of, um, of history where there was kind of a bit of a vampire panic almost. Um, so, let me explain a little bit. So the myth of Bram Stoker's Dracula was obviously inspired by Vladimir Tepes. Um, However, it was also at the same time, at the time that um, Bram Stoker's Dracula was um, published, eight years previous, the term um, porphyria was introduced into medical journals, which is the blood disease that affects, it, 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 it um, makes one lack heme which is in hemoglobin, which transports oxygen from our lungs to our cells. So it gives us life. It's life force energy. Mm -hmm. So here we're already kind of seeing where people would get drinking blood from because it's drinking life, trying to make up and replace the life they're lacking. Mm -hmm. Um, So with porphyria, that was really interesting because the symptoms of porphyria were actually um, uh, sensitivity to light. Um, Mm -hmm. It was facial disfigurement which would actually make your gums recede up and your teeth would be exposed and very decayed. So thing like, so that's where we start to see those things. And with the disfigurement, these people would actually, the the poor people suffering would actually avoid mirrors and didn't want to look at themselves because I mean, they were horribly disfigured by this disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where we get the myth of vampires can't see their reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, what's also really interesting is that, um, we the whole fear of the cross and the whole um religious kind of war that it kind of became um that actually came from the spanish inquisition which was around 1478 until like the early 1500s and what happened was the patients of porphyria were actually burned at the stake um because they were because they were believed to be vampires um and so that's why kind of it became this whole you know holding the cross and going to hunt them down um a lot of that was actually from war and 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 from the inquisition so wow. that's pretty interesting tale
0: very of course as soon as you say the spanish inquisition i think of mel Brooks' history of the oh. world and i want to hear the song um <laughs> inquisition <laughs> it's just wrong it's just wrong i have another whole like cartoon thing going on in my head all the time <laughs> It shouldn't be allowed on this stuff, but um, that actually, it you know, again, makes so much sense that there was a physical attribute um, mm-hmm. that was connected to it. Obviously that at the time science could not diagnose. So they came up with something that was almost, you know, demonized or spiritual.
2: And it was actually kind of funny because it actually was most common in um, royalty and noble people.
1: Oh, probably really? Probably inbreeding.
2: The yeah, the incest kind of became a problem. It seemed
0: <laughs> the incest became <laughs> kind of a. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that happens.
2: <laughs>
0: oh my gosh. Yeah, that thing. It's sticky.
2: It's, it's a sticky situation.
1: <laughs> right, never good. Um, so, yeah. As an archaeologist, there's quite a bit of evidence of looking back where they have uh, like dug, excavated graveyards. A lot of times they'll move them, and they right. don't actually find. Oh yeah, like so many graves, grave cemeteries are moved. Oh, it's in the way that we better move it. Like Albany Rural Cemetery has three or four smaller cemeteries like um, Washington Park in Albany. That was a cemetery. Oh, really? Yeah, so they moved. And then there's the alms house, the poor people. Now Middle Ridge, why there's no stones is because we don't know who they were. So that's what that whole section is there. But in excavating, they would sometimes find bodies that were buried with stakes through their chests. Mm-hmm. And all through their hearts and there became a, a, a hysteria especially in um, western Europe where people would actually check on their loved ones to make sure they hadn't become a vampire and not to get too morbid but when a person starts to break down um, same thing you know their their teeth are more visible a look their hair keeps growing their skin recedes so their nails look longer like claws and so people would actually keep checking on their their deceased loved one and then figure out they should probably stake them because they look like a vampire. So Mm. it was. They
0: said in one of the articles too, which makes a lot of sense that in some cultures and some cemeteries, um, there was a period of time where they put like the monolithic um, on top of the, uh, yeah, like a a stone on top because they wanted to make sure that they couldn't get out.
1: Couldn't get out, Mm -hmm. yep. Mm -hmm.
0: That they couldn't get, they couldn't flee. Oh boy, that's insane. Um, can you imagine going to check I mean just think about that going to check on on a dead relative That's to just, make sure they hadn't turned I
1: know you're so, mm-hmm. so macabre I can't even go there so it's just like Ooh. oh but it was you know commonplace you know during certain times of uh, of history because there was such a fear and such a fear of like the salvation of the soul and and whatnot so you were going to go check on that loved one
2: Mm. it's actually really common to find in other countries in especially in like small villages and stuff to hire um sometimes it was children but sometimes it was young men they would hire them to stay in the graveyard and make sure that the freshly dead person didn't come back up mm. yeah
0: wow
2: mm-hmm. imagine so finding ridiculous. that
0: in your family history like well you know my great-great grandfather used to be a grave checker
1: <laughs> graveyard I, sitter. Yeah, yeah
0: he was a graveyard sitter he you know <laughs> To make extra money. I just think that that's fascinating Mm -hmm. that, you know, that, that it was so prevalent or such a worry that, again, there was careers, there was, you know, uh, uh, things that were connected to this that were um, kind of a chronic worry for families. Mm -hmm. And obviously so much of it had to do with the fact that families were so religious Right. um that they didn't want to think that um a demon or you know something like that had Take taken over. over their loved one. Oh, it's so interesting mm-hmm. so so interesting mm-hmm. um i'm so glad you picked this topic jake i know, I know it's a fun one it um, is a fun one what
2: else
0: especially- go ahead
2: um <laughs> it just it just slipped into my brain too it's even funny to even see where we kind of see vampires attributed with demons um and I'm sure you've always kind of heard every once in a while you hear me even a movie kind of picking the side um where you think where it's always said that Satan is um is Dracula you know and and so I always thought that was really interesting it I mean not true but um that actually came from even in ancient times when that when christianity catholicism started to really kind of forge their way through um the the myth of the vampire was attributed with the devil and so that's why we um call them demons we call them whatever it is that we call them today um Mm -hmm. even though they're not actually demons it's actually really interesting i don't know how you or michelle feel about this but i actually work very closely with the archetype of vampires um in my spiritual practice um and i've benefited a lot from the things that they can teach us i find that um, just the concept alone of, of, of a vampire and just th- we can really dissect that if we want to. Um, okay. But there Get is so Get into it, much. girl. Yeah, let's it. <laughs> <laughs> so I personally, I always found it really interesting that humans kind of crafted up that idea of an immortal being that has all of the benefits of a physical body, if not more. So extra strength, speed. Right, um, right. Never going to die. Um, I always found that interesting because I think it's really linked to the concept of the fear of death. And also, I think that it has, I think even in the modern day, it has a lot to do with the whole um, industrialization. Bear with me here. So we're all, uh, name one person who has a job today that says, I wish I had more time off to myself, you know? So I think that we even kind of conjured up the myth of the vampire to be an immortal kind of inhibited version of ourselves outside Mm -hmm. of society, outside of our roles and our jobs and our needs and our expectations you know and so they always kind of go against the grain in the liminal you know and so, so kind
0: of like a fantasy of being beaten, yeah like which a is why we persona. see the romanticize,
2: which is why we see the romance around vampires now everybody wants to be lured in bit in and go live with them wherever the hell they will go live you know um it's the idea of seattle. wanting to escape <laughs> they live and in to seattle be- exactly it's the idea of wanting to be, a, it's wanting to escape or to be whisked away by a vampire in the night, you know? So you I think that you that-
1: can't You can't help it. So you're not like guilty of anything. Oh, they well, I mean- anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Um, yeah, I like so that. That's really, that is fascinating that, that that is the truth that people would have wanted that as almost like a kind of a fantasy in mm-hmm. modern times. About you know escapism, yeah. right? Escapism,
2: and to even it, it's always very interesting that we it always kind of seems like you know everything you know uh women who were cast out as harlots because they were maybe minutely promiscuous or wanted to date at all or maybe <laughs> show an ankle you know so all of those negative aspects of of sexuality and body image and confidence all empowerment are always kind of thrown over to the shadows. darkness the demons and dark-sided and stuff so I think the vampires also teach us a lot about um, sacred sexuality owning our bodies and being empowered by them and also even just the profound spiritual and magical experience that is sex that is physical intimacy that is knowing your body and expressing it nude completely exposed you know um, Aaliyah Queen of the Dam, that beautiful movie um, mm. did such a beautiful job of portraying this beautiful, gorgeous, ancient woman being who demanded the command and respect of the room while also exposed in her beautiful costume. You know, Oh my no God, another dared.
0: great movie. That's it a great is.
2: one. Don't get me started.
0: Oh, um, <laughs> I, I, that's one of my favorites too. Um, underworld.
2: Underworld. Uh, let's throw it back. Lost Boys lost boys yes yes
0: you could totally bust a nut on that (laughs) 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 that is one of my favorites like again i was watching something the other night on netflix and in the background um of like a, a murder scene the poster on the wall was from the movie lost boys and i was like oh Like I wasn't even paying attention to like all the things I was supposed to be paying attention to in this murder. I was just so taken. I was like, "Whoever did that was brilliant on set." Mm Yeah, that's been
1: a long. I I haven't seen that in a long time. I got to watch. it.
2: jeez, another good one. That was
0: so they made they made vampires cool. They Mm -hmm. before Twilight totally made it cool.
2: I agree. That's that's (sighs) where we got to see like the badass just everybody wanted it everybody wanted in on that experience mm-hmm. and so that's where we kind of see all the birth where you know under it, it's actually interesting because it kind of feels like around then in media maybe a little bit beforehand that's where we started to see the humanness in vampires again specifically because you mentioned underworlds. you know we see a corporation of vampires and how they actually do live with humans they're they're a part yes. of society mm-hmm. um that's just the secret there. So it's very interesting how we started to see them in more of a human light again. And then even later on to bring twilight to the picture, you know, that's where we saw the most benign version of, of a vampire yet. I think. Um, and so I think that's yeah. very fascinating, you know, it's like little baby steps on media has kind of pushed that out to kind of adjust course of how we consume vampire well, mythology.
0: And if you have, if you um read the Anne Rice books,
1: Mm-hmm. interview with a vampire is that yeah. interview with
0: vampire and then the, all of the other mm-hmm. parts of that the story
1: line mm-hmm.
0: um that was incredible I mean I probably did a ton for New Orleans because that's mm-hmm. where it's all based out of but mm-hmm. it was it, and then of course the movie you know Brad Pitt thank Which, you did
2: you know that Aaliyah was the sequel to that movie no, I didn't. Look it up. I didn't know this until a couple of years ago. Aaliyah, Queen of the Damned is the sequel to that movie. Aaliyah, if I'm remembering the movie right, was the being that they all were born from. Her and the male figure who no is kind of like the movie kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting because Interview with a Vampire felt like such a different thing. Um, really? And so, yes. And Very so nice. kind of a nod to the Lilith storyline. Yes, Kind of a nod to the little storyline of how we all, how they all come from this one woman. The An interesting shadow aspect of the divine feminine. Mm. <sighs> Let, that that. Yes. Let that burn for a minute.
1: Let
0: that
2: burn for a minute.
0: That to me is just, about, so uh, talk to us about some of the things that um, either one of you that you know about warding them off energy vampires, physical vampires, the things to do to prevent them coming in and and taking your power. I have to say one of the things that showed up, it said even the count from Sesame street (laughs) is based on a real count because apparently you're supposed to, to ward them off, throw seeds, preferably mustard seeds across your doorway and um it's supposed to stop them because they have to count them; they get lost in the counting. Oh my god! Huh. i never. Heard so I was that. like, "Oh my god!" Here's Michelle making a joke about uh, when we're setting up the show about the count from Sesame Street, and even that has some roots in real lore. So hopefully, that's not part of cancel culture, and it's gone next week.
2: Jeez. Oh <laughs> <gosh>, <laughs> um. I know during in in England uh, times during the vampire panic, originally they actually used to make religious amulets and they would tie them around cradles. um, So the baby wouldn't get snatched up in the night. So amulets, it's interesting that they immediately needed magical protection. They knew it. Um, I've seen different things on more of a folk level. I've definitely seen a lot about sun water. So instead of moon water, sun water using that as kind of a spritz to protect the area. Um, Sunstone. I've seen a lot of reference to, too, as well. Um, that's for like home stuff, but I would say for energy vampires, I, a lot of people that I've come across or that I have observed that are what we would call an energy vampire, um, are not always doing it with much force. It's that they find the people with, um, a tap, uh, on their aura that are always kind of a little bit negligent about their energy Mm -hmm. and that's why you that's why you come across the sweetheart um in your sessions that just like cannot get a break from all these just Uh gross toxic people around them you know it's because they haven't even thought that it's their energy leaking out that they're giving you know so amen I personally think for energy vampires, I think it's just more about wearing stones or maybe working with oils or, or mist, whatever that is, to just make sure that we are being aware of our energy and most importantly, keeping it protected. The white bubble will 100% work for that because if we're talking about right. psychic vampires, it's all energy, you know? Um, right. So yeah, I would say- Even you know, having
0: somebody, do, like we've talked about this before, do the work for you. So right. a trusted practitioner that is a right. shaman- yeah. Or um, somebody that does Reiki to to not only clear the energy, get rid of all that muck mm-hmm. on you, mm-hmm. and then um,
1: kind of response. right,
0: kind of strengthen the the aura around yeah. the person. I I agree with what you said. I think a lot to do with carrying the right stones, um, and and um, like an amulet, something like that that you know it, even if. It doesn't have significant power. It gives you power because it makes you mindful every time you touch right. it. Um, Absolutely. What you're supposed to be doing for yourself and There's being so stronger and like protecting that. yourself.
1: Don't you think so many um, people that are being victimized by energy vampires don't even know that they are, That it's a thing. They just can't seem, they're just good people that want to help people and they keep falling into the same pattern with a different person. And agreed. And you know, just helping them to identify you know, keeping themselves their own well-filled and, you know, you don't need to, you know, you got to work on yourself before you can hope to work with
2: others. Right. Absolutely. Um, uh, a great teacher of mine, Zelda, um, said something in a workshop a couple weeks ago, where she says, you know, we, when we do the energy work and we do the healing, we don't go into that. We, we stand here and we can lure it out and we can make it poke its head out. And then that's when we can engage, but we never go into their energy because that's not what our goal is. We love you know? it. And mm-hmm. that, w- that completely made perfect sense to me. And I think it's right. such a great reminder for everyone, because we don't, I don't personally think in all my years of doing this work, I don't think that that's often talked about or even taught much in the beginner levels of things, because I don't think it ever occurs to people that, oh, when we're doing readings or we're doing sessions, you actually don't want to go into that energy. It's actually okay to be outside of it and look at it more of like um the egg. You know, when you watch those big, beautiful movies or the big clips on the wall, kind of like 100%. that you know, mm-hmm. um, cause you really get yourself messed up when you try jumping into people's energy, you yeah.
1: know, you can do so much, yeah. so much more effective. if you stand back once you get emotionally compromised, it's a mess. And I 100%. Think that, Yeah. It um, often happens with, especially kids when they don't, you know, kids with psychic abilities, they don't know what's happening. Next thing you know, they're getting overly involved in other people's lives and sucked into the energy and it's just teaching them to, okay, step back.
0: And very emotional Um, in in the process of it, super emotional, which seems to be kind of like a telltale sign of it, whether it's it's the fatigue, chronic illness, all of a sudden in the person, but that really is indicated from the person that's the um, energy, you know, the bloodsucker of the energy vampire around them and they can always it's always funny because i think people on a a level know that there's this person that's not good for them and they'll bring the pictures or they'll ask you about them and the second you get that from them you're like here's your problem Mm -hmm. so you had to have known this you know this is this is the person and it can be within your family or whatever so
1: and um, then, oh, but I love him or her. I'm like, well, oh, love equals yeah. trust plus respect. So yeah. I don't think this is love.
2: <laughs> um, I do have, before we move on, I have a quick stone uh, recommendation. I'm getting kind of the whisper from Spirit here. Ooh. So this is bismuth. Have either of you seen it or worked with it before?
0: I've oh seen my it God, God,
2: I love it. So bismuth is really cool because it's an element and it's in its pure form here. But if you look, it kind of looks like a labyrinth here. Yes. All these little yes. crevices. I always love the idea of wearing bismuth or working with it um, in your energy healing because it you can make your energy appear to be a labyrinth to other people. Ooh. So if they try coming in unnoticed, then they're going to get cornered. They're going to reach a dead end there. They'll never be able to get right through it. So it's a great way to protect yourself, especially when we work with, because there's a lot of conversations about how do I protect myself from narcissists? Right. Um, how do I protect myself from people yes. who are trying to be, active about maybe a psychic attack things like that um business bismuth would be a really great stone to work with work with um become the labyrinth that's a
0: great idea because you could even do that like in a meditation do Mm -hmm. a labyrinth um in your head that Mm -hmm. the second you feel or have that edginess psychic Mm -hmm. vampire whatever in your around you that you could lead them into a different part of i i I think that's
2: interesting it's like because Because it even works as a practitioner, you could even work with that doing investigations, doing home clearings, your energy could be a labyrinth and you can work with angels or your guides to trap them and then release them, you know, Mm -hmm. to hold that space there.
0: I think that's fascinating. And the mirror thing, Michelle, you just said it, they talk about with, you know, we talk about it with ghosts all the time that you're supposed to put them in the windows. If you have a spot, that's like a vortex, but Mm -hmm. areas that you're afraid that, um like a you know you might have an unwelcomed vampire come in you're supposed to put mirrors facing out so that they won't approach your mm-hmm. location or you and mm-hmm. uh, you know that that that's very interesting you've really got me thinking about that now yeah
1: it's mm-hmm. a lot of food for thought and mm-hmm. it's interesting too that they talk about with vampires that you need they can't come into your home unless you invite them in yes and i think that's interesting because it, it kind of reflects the whole energy vampire because if you're allowing someone in your life
0: mm-hmm. and they can
1: wreak all sorts of havoc and you can actually push them out you can uninvite them mm-hmm. and that's yeah. how mm-hmm. you can build up so i, I think it's it, it's it's an energetic level not just uh, okay you you know come on in bill <laughs> so, yeah so-,
0: so eat the garlic because if it, whether, whether it's a person you don't want around you or a vampire <laughs> it'll get rid that of them that works <laughs> a shot of, a shot of holy water in the face that'll get anybody right yeah. <laughs> My people don't like extreme sunlight so <laughs> that wouldn't be an issue but in a lot of those anthologies they can walk in light now
2: oh, they the kind of be
0: they they're day walkers right they can evolve
2: mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. um Boy.
0: what was the other so we had the we had the cross if you were a cross but you had to believe
1: then the wooden which comes the wooden
0: stake seemed like more like when they were asleep. I always got scared in the movies when they'd open up like the the coffins and they'd be, and they'd be having a whole chit chat over the body. You yeah. know damn well that thing was gonna wake up and grab one of them. It was like you get in there and you get out. You get in there, you stab them, and you get the fuck out. Good
1: job, <laughs> right? Let's not have a conversation no, about. No, you don't
0: open it up and stand there and talk about it, and you know <laughs> whatever. You're there to do one thing you get in there and you stake them. <laughs> that was the part that was always scary like talk about anxiety yeah, creating' yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, oh my god everybody shut up and just stab them That's the same mean. thing with zombies zombies all supposed to walk slow and and people aren't running away <laughs> from them they just and then all of a sudden the whole crowd just swarms around them I mean come on
2: mm-hmm.
0: They're coming these are rules <laughs> rules
2: I love it I love that.
0: All right. Anything else, Jake, that you want to say about vampires or the history of the lore? Love to hear.
2: Let's see anything else about the history and the lore. Let me think. Um, As I'm sitting here, just kind of trying to think what comes to me. Um, Oh, I also read that there's also an interesting thing. So, um, pre-islamic arabian religion um there was myth of they're called the ghouls of arabia which were always referred to as demon-like beings demon-like monstrous humanoids so they would look animal-like and they would also be human-like too as well um and they actually frequented in graveyards is where you would always find them or where you would be kind of snatched up by one um so i always thought that was really interesting because that may be where we find uh why the proclivity to graveyards for vampires you know um But it's such an old, old kind of lore that it is easy to kind of slip into all the new stuff, you know, and it kind of just becomes a truth, you know? Right. Um, Let's see.
0: Michelle, did you have anything that you wanted to say about the the lore of them or um anything else that always fascinated you about them we're probably going to get a lot of rip, write-ins about you know, this is what I always thought about vampires <laughs>
1: <laughs> I brought everything up and I did I do have another list of course multiple lists I think I, I brought everything up um I, I really like what Jake Paul said about escapism mm-hmm.
0: that, I really uh, like that that it really conflict. was part of that the industrial revolution and the, es- yeah. the escapism from the day-to-day, you know, yeah. in and out work.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it would even go even farther back when, you know, all the original myths were about, you know, young children being the ones preyed on it. It's fun how really quickly, not fun, but it's interesting how really quickly they kind of shifted that story because, you know, that was back in the day when kids were falling into machines all the time because they were eight and in a uh, an industrial lot working, you know, right. so... It, uh, It was kind of like we got a little tired of having to confront that in society, you know, Um, which is why even just even if you want to break it down to just like um, human versus the concept of death of the lifespan, you know, vampires are always looked at as these predatory things and humans are the prey here. So it's always kind of a metaphor of, you know, uh, we can do our best to kind of keep ourselves safe and avoid death, but it is always out there and it is always a force that is around us and can always access us when it wants to. Like allegory. you know and, mm-hmm. and which is which is even why you know the idea of a zombie is very funny too um because that is that is literally the embodiment of our fears coming to confront us coming to knock on the door you know <laughs> so, <laughs> oh
0: my god I'm terrified really. of it
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: terrified of, of um, the whole zombie thing that always mm-hmm. freaked me out
1: they never scared me for some reason I just and I, I don't like to say I don't believe in anything but I don't believe in zombies. My thirteen-year-old's always like wanting to plan for the zombie apocalypse. I'm like, it's not, <laughs> even, dude. It's you know, like, <laughs> what are our plans? I'm like, oh my gosh, we got to go over it again. Um, God, a I few guess- years back, Nicholas. Yeah. Oh my
0: God, Nicholas was I think in college yeah. at Siena and he was living home, and he had gotten one of the first video games, and it was all the zombies. Like, <laughs> so some of them were. You know, like from World War II zombies, and Mm -hmm. you'd be going into different rooms and trying to get something, and then the zombies would all come out. Mm -hmm. Well, he was in the same room as I was, and I would be working on the computer, and I'd look over his shoulder and I'd be watching him. Maybe he was in high school, watching him play the games. Every single time, I'd have a nightmare about him after. (laughs) Zombies coming to the house. It one of one of the talking about putting an implant in your brain. I'd have a nightmare about it afterwards. Be like, oh my god, it's zombies. And then
1: I'm gonna be like, thank God they're not here. I don't know the whole zombie thing. I mean, that's got its root in like ancient Hebrew lore um, about bringing back a body, but it doesn't have a soul. I always say zombies the opposite of a ghost. A ghost is a human without a body, and then a zombie is a body without having a soul. And it's more of just like a basic, you know, living amoeba type thing that just, is gonna, I guess, eat brains and do whatever.
0: I, but- I met them all on match.com. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm kidding>.
3: Both, <laughs> most of them, I think, hold political office too. I'm just.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh okay. Yeah. They're just amoebas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank
1: so you,
0: Jake. I think we have to do another show with you um, yeah. next month on some other um we'll let you pick it again it. um some other whether it's you know um fantasy or things like that 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 are in the um our culture you There's know like Maybe we talk about night. mermaids
2: oh I love talking about mermaids I've actually got my favorite mermaid deck here um Ooh. so I always dive into the lore of the mermaid um
0: <gasps> I, love I think, it.
2: yeah really fascinating really really great stuff that you can learn from these beings.
0: Oh, they're really cool cards. Yeah. yeah.
2: Oh, um, if anybody, you, Michelle, or anybody listening who reads cards, um, does divination, things like that, and find like they um, vibrate with the idea of the vampires. Um, it is my favorite deck in the entire world. It's called the Tarot Vampires. It's by Ian Daniels. Um, this is the backing. It's Rose here. Um, and oh, this actually beautiful. goes really in depth with um, breaking down d- the Kabbalah. Um, and how the the myth and folklore of the vampire can actually work with us for personal and spiritual growth. Um, These are some of the images I can show you. Oh, very
0: interesting.
2: That's
0: gorgeous art. Beautiful. Beautiful art on that. Fascinating.
2: And so we see an entire experience here. It's it's really been fun to get to know these. I've been reading this deck probably for as long as I've been doing readings period. and so I much, never you heard learn.
0: of that one, Me but there's either. a deck for everything,
2: absolutely. So much to learn, so much to learn from them, and that's why I just really have such a high regard with uh the energy and the folklore of the vampire. Um, such beneficial stuff that you can really sink your teeth into, literally.
1: Well, <laughs> <So> next <laughs> month, we'll
0: have you back for, uh, for another um creature or some other myth, and we'll let you love. pick it for next month. And Jake, how do our listeners get a hold of you if they want a reading?
2: Um, so, if you want a reading or want to work with me, energy work, etc., um, you can find me on Facebook, Jake Paul Readings, um, Instagram, Readings by Jake, my Etsy shop, um, Readings by Jake. Uh, <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. And
1: we'll have
0: we'll have um, D Scott uh, put that in when he loads up the um, the taping tonight. So um, again. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much, Jake, for being our guest again. Thank you so most much. requested, Most requested yeah. to return every single time. Every I, love time. Him, I, love Jake. I love hearing his voice. Um, yeah. Michelle, as always, I love you. Thank you. We'll and yeah. D. Scott, we love you. And thank you, you for being amazing. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what song you pick out this time.
3: I got a good one. It's called, it's called Primitive Kiss.
0: Oh, okay. Ooh. Perfect. Was, you know how finished.
3: many songs I had to search through that were vampire songs? I was like, mm, "That's way too heavy metal for I don't want to do that." <laughs> yeah, I don't a lot do lot that. Of heavy metal one. <laughs> it was really, really heavy, and I'm like, "No, we're not doing that." Yeah.
0: Guys, thank yeah. you all so much, and thank you to our listeners again for sending us suggestions and sharing us, liking us, and please keep subscribing and communicating with us. We love you. Uh, guys have a wonderful spring night and thank uh, yeah. you again so much for being here.
2: Thank you so Bye. much for having me. Yay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
3: I want to choose all to existence existence.